What's up, Marlboro Softball? Scott Seidenberg here. Marlboro Softball Talk on this Easter weekend. Hey, Easter weekend. Uh, I hope you guys are getting ready for the season. I know we have some scrimmages and practices this weekend. Next weekend, we have official scrimmages. And then opening day is on Sunday the 18th. I can't wait, and I know you guys can't wait either. As far as the podcast schedule goes, we know the captain's predictions are out, and I'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes, but also the Pollock Power Rankings will be unveiled next week, the first power rankings of the season, the preseason power rankings, and Mitch Pollock will join me on the podcast next week before opening day as we review the Pollock Power Rankings and talk about the season outlook and who is going to live up to all the hype. Speaking of hype, there's no better hype man in Marlboro softball than my featured guest on this episode. You know him, you love him. He is Mr. Cobra Kai, Ryan Grant. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Scotty? How are you, brother? I'm good. Uh, are you as excited for the start of the season as I am? Oh, absolutely. I, as soon as the fall league ended and we got to spend that together, it's, uh, it's preparation begins then. So that's just the way it always works out. Now, uh, you were drafted by Guy. Are you happy with Team Goldfarb? Oh, 1,000%. You know, I kind of, when you kind of look at who was going to take you, and then when you made captain, you know, maybe you. But, you know, I, I limited down to three guys I thought would take me, and Guy was definitely one of them. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm real pumped to play for Guy. I always said I, I would play for him if, you know, Lenny did step down, which he did last year. But uh, I'm super excited to be with Team Goldfarb this year. You know, I was wondering if, if whoever took you would also take Lenny and, and get the band back together. Yeah, I would love, I would have definitely loved that. But, you know, you kind of look at, you know, where Lenny and Tom Big Sexy were slated, you know, so, <laughs> and Sean and Lenny actually ended up going in the same round. So it, it, w- it would have been damn near impossible. So yeah. unless I, unless when I become captain, then, you know, that's going to be a, a slotted pick for me to, to always take him because I love him to death. Talk to me about your team. Give me the scattering report on Team Goldfarb. <laughs> Um, uh, I text actually G money during the graph. And I said, man, you got that 2016 taste of championship back in your mouth. Cause I just thought he was, you know, locked and loaded, ready to go. Um, you know, Joey P at the start it, um, I'm excited to play with Joey P again. My first year kind of got short, uh, cut short with him. Um, then we got D nap. Uh, I've always liked D nap's game. Um, so I'm, I'm super pumped. We got Cordy in the third, which is a steal. Cause arguably, you know, he could go, he's gone two the last couple of years. Um, then the, the whole goal for our squad, you know, all good people, uh, love them to death veterans. Also, um, the Pargies at five for Goldie was a steal and seeing Joey, the young boy the other day, I mean, kid, he's going to, Ed, Ed was right last week. Joey will be the rated player next year. He's, I think he's going to be a breakout season this year. Um, seventh round, we, of course, we got Drapekin, you know, like the Greg, he's like the Greg Mattis of our league. It's just consistency. He's the man. And, uh, Getting him in the seventh is, you know, you've played with him before or, you know, just how he pitches to opposing players and batters. He knows everybody's weaknesses and strengths, so he knows how to get around that. You mentioned the Pargament steal at 5-6. As you were watching the draft, any other steals come to your mind? Um, well, I think there was a couple steals. I mean, for me, the biggest one, and even though it was kind of early, and you play with him and you know him well, is uh, Tim George falling so late in the third. I mean... I don't know what people are sleeping on. Timmy's a monster. I mean, he batted 532 last year, and uh, he has a laser cannon in left, left field. But I'd like to see someone move him to the infield because I think last year watching his tryout, um, I think he's a natural third baseman. Am I correct? 
He can play third, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, I'd like to see him over the infield. Timmy's a dominant force, man. This is year two for him, too. Now, getting used to everybody, and, you know, I don't know how he, you know, I don't know if he was happy or unhappy on the Pines team, but, you know, being with Goddard, I think someone he knows, I think Timmy's going to really kill it this year. So, um, a couple other steals. I go with Sal Alfieri last couple of years going 2-3, drops to 6 to Conti. I mean, still a great left center fielder there. I know you got Jomo, but, you know, Al- Sal – Sal can hang with the best of them. Yeah, there was uh there was um there was fear that he's gonna miss playoff games, which is why he dropped so low. But if he oh, winds up is, if he winds up not yeah. missing the as many games as as he was originally thought to have, then yeah, it's absolutely the biggest steal. And also another steal, and I know this is also a missing playoff game, but like all you captains know, if it rains, you know, you kind of lucked out, but um, DeMarco, I think, did a great job this year. We spoke afterwards because last year, I think he didn't have too much time to prep when Lenny had dropped out from being injured. So I think this year he was prepped. But, you know, I know this league is stacked with shortstop, but Mark Broom is my guy. I mean, I always tell Sean he's actually probably my legitimate brother because <laughs> more like the Broom. So I, I always think I'm the either, you know, we're all related. So, I mean, Mark Broom in a third is a freaking steal as well. So if he I, has a bounce back here, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Going back to his two years ago with Frank, where he was batting 572 mm-hmm. and killing it at the leadoff position, you know, that's a great steal for him. And also, like everybody talked about in the write-ups and stuff, is I don't mean to butcher their name, was uh, Monique, whatever, the Monaco pick or whatever. Monaco's. We played with Danny in Fall League, and Danny's fantastic. You know, I know Matt's the, you know, goes higher, but, you know, he's a stud as well. But Danny's the man. Danny can play anywhere. He hits to the situation. Such a smart ball player. And uh, I love that pick because after Danny in the Fall League, you know, somebody I always would, I would, I want to play with going forward. So, well, Wallman was written in the captain's predictions, I guess. So the, the, the draft recaps is having the best record. Uh, would you agree with that as Team Wallman being the best looking after the draft? Okay, I'm going to go back to two years ago when, you know, and a lot of it's fun and games when people do the write-ups, right? Mm-hmm. I, I myself will give no one the, the Brock kiss of death because that team, when you go back and you look at what that team really had with the Brocks and, and the Tyrannos, I mean, that team was built to go undefeated. You know, things didn't happen. So I'm not going to give Wolman the team kiss of death because I think that's a solid team. I'll think they'll... You know, Tony and Freddie starting the team off is just, for me, is great. I played with Tony last year. I know you and him have your little busting chops, but uh, <laughs> Tony's my guy. And he yelled at me the other night, and uh, this is great that you're doing this, because I actually had a 37-minute um, you uh, breakdown from the draft, so no one has to see my ugly face, just hear my voice. So that's uh, – it didn't upload. So um, I think that team will – I think they'll be good. I'm, I'm not going to give Kiss a death because – Todd had a great team last year. He has another great team this year. So uh, with Freddie and Tony and the the Monacchios, I think that team is it will be very, very well off. So who else uh, tops your list as the top teams after the draft? Um, just looking at them in front of me. Um, oh man! Oh, when you actually I was watching your draft, I thought you did a solid job, man, for first time around. I thought your team was uh, looking good. Everybody likes Frank's draft. I'll give Frank uh, more props than usual because you saying back in the last podcast about being a rookie captain, you didn't want to get involved in trades and all this stuff. Frank had the big balls to pull off a trade, which, um, you know, it's, I don't know if I've, if you are, if I was in that position, I don't know if I would pull that trade off because Freddie's a veteran. Freddie's a monster. He batted close to 700 last year, but Sagliato's great. I love this tryout last year. So, 
Frank's team will be very good. I don't know if they would have been different off with Tony and because he would have had the same dress of Tony and Freddie instead of Saglietto and Bryce Harper. But um, <laughs> Bryce Harper just needs to bring the bat. And I think Frank's team with uh, the Carlins and Jock and Jay-Z, I think they'll – I like Frankie's team. My team, of course, I don't really you, – you know, you learn for when you play for Pat. You don't talk about in-house stuff. But I think Guy did an excellent job. Um, the Pollocks always compete, you know, so you can't – there's certain teams that you can never count out. I think defending Steinberg – I mean, his team is just as good. I mean, he had an upgrade with Lambeau. Lambeau gets better as the years go on. So I think Evan will, you know, he'll compete again. And uh, Mr. Marone did a good job. He took his, uh, he took the Caputo, who I think me and you talked about that a lot in, in Fall League about, you know, Caputo going in the top five, but he deserved to go in the top five because in the Fall League, he showed, he actually knew how to hit the softball right away, whereas some of these other guys in the tryouts, I know you were there, kind of looked like they were struggling a little bit to hit the, the softball coming from baseball or wherever they came from. So I think Marone will, uh, he got Doc back in the house in Austin and now Holden who had a good tryout. So I think Marone's team will definitely do well also. Sleeper teams. Let me see if I have a sleeper teams here. I think DeMarco's team is a sleeper team. I think he'll have enough, you know, brown mamba in him because he likes to refer him to himself, as you heard him in Fall League. The brown mamba, that's how he refers to himself. I think Anthony will do very well this year. I don't think he'll let his team get in the play-in game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, perfect post a couple weeks ago was there's no easy wins this year. And that's a great post. Yeah. There's a great post that shows respect and that every all the captains did their studying and their homework in the offseason. So, that's great post. There's no easy wins. It will be a dogfight to the end, which uh, you know I love, and I know you'll embrace as a captain. So, absolutely, I don't think that there's going to be a runaway team. I think it's anybody's ball game, and come playoff time, I think anybody can win a series and, and go on to win. It's about who gets hot at the right time. Every team is very even. I looked at the draft several times, and we've done several podcasts breaking it down, and. You know, I just I can't see really, you know, a team. Look, we could talk how good Wallman did in the draft because of the steals that he got in the later rounds. But every team has these players and every team has players that it all comes down to those bottom half guys. And if your bottom steps up and turns your lineup over, then your team is going to be good. Everybody has a good top four. Everybody has, you know, some questionable guys. It's very, very even this year. And I think the captains did a very good job. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Scott. Are you excited for another uh, fall league like we had last year? Are you excited for the Mayor's Tournament returning this year? There's a lot of things to look forward to this year, Ryan. I mean, 100%, because last year, uh, Joe, uh, pretty boy Joe Floyd, did a great job with uh, the help of Doug and the rest of the board. And they got a season off, and that was absolutely incredible. You know, even in a, you know, I know you're in the restaurant business as well. You know, we, we died off, you know, it was, it was scary, but we played a whole softball season. How freaking cool is that? And this year we got all-star game returning, which is always great. We got, you know, mayor's cup, uh, you know, the mayor Hornick, even though, you know, I'm unfortunately not good enough to get invited on any teams, but that's all right. Um, uh, so that will be back and everything's back. So we're in full throttle. You didn't skip a B with podcast. So this season is probably like you guys have talked about for a while, with five new captains, it's exciting. No one knows what to expect, but we're back at full throttle, and how can you not love that?
All right, before I let you go, give me the Ryan Grant like awards predictions. Oh yeah, yeah, this is good. I was actually I was gun ho- I was gunning for this. Right. Um, I'll give you a couple categories because I'm thinking about. I'm looking for most improved. Okay. Because I'm biased, I'm going to go with my brother. I'm going to go with Fazino on your team. I'm going to go with. Oh man, I had a whole list. Fazino, Sean, oh Perone and Billy Farrell. Because I'm talking about. Guys with talent that, you know, either getting used to, you know, different league or whatever. Those are the guys I'd like to com- compete for most improved this year. Okay, good list, good list. Um, MVP, now don't stone me like Jesus. Um, here we go. DeMarco will always be in the Christian because he's the Brown Mamba. Finally, Dave Polzer, Freeholdboro legend, got drafting Jeremy Pastor number one, as he should be every single year. I don't know what the hell took so long for him to go number one. Two other MVPs will be so it's Anthony, uh, Pastor, Nick Tirano on the tutelage of the great uh, Patrick Pingaro. And I'm going to go with you're going to get upset with this. I'm going to go with Rogiers as MVP this year with a sleeper wow. of Saglietto, with a sleeper of Saglietto and Caputo as well. I'll give you my offensive players of the year. I just want to see them compete because of whatever. I want to see Freddie in there with his high average and uh, base. Uh, High softball IQ, Valentino, because he's my top three favorite teammates, and I love that guy to death. Kyle Dunleavy, welcome back, Tommy Carroll. I'd like to see them be up for Offensive Players of the Year. All right. I like these lists. What about (laughs) Cy Young? All right, you're all about pitching. Let's go. Who's the Cy Young Award winner? Uh, Well, got to go with guy on my team, uh, Drake. Like I said, he's (laughs) Maddox. Um, The coolest guy in the league, Mr. Ronnie Carlin. I got to go with Ronnie. We're going to go with the Clamper. Well, the woman staying loyal to that. And we're going to go with uh, two more. We're going to go with Polzer because he has to be in a conversation. And I'm going to bring this back because Harris did a great job with stealing Mike Seidel in the ninth round. And as Mike got more comfortable last year, especially in fall league, when he's on, he's on. Let's let's be serious. You know that. Doesn't walk a lot of guys. Yep. There you go. Strike Seidel, we call them. Yep, exactly. So right there is five guys that should be competing for Cy Young. Ryan, I love talking softball with you, brother. Thank you for giving me a couple minutes. Absolutely, man. Be safe, all right? I'll talk to you soon. Later. The words of Ryan Grant. I was surprised I didn't get a let's go in there. I really kind of wanted one uh, before we left things. Uh, Before we get out of here, I want to read an anonymous mailbag submission. And yes, you guys can continue to send those in. Give me your anonymous mailbag suggestions, your comments, your questions, anything that you want to uh, talk about. This submission talks about the top five reaches and steals of the 2021 draft, not including the Minocchio pick because uh, they consist of three players and, and I guess, whatever. Uh, Number five, the steals. Nevada in the ninth round to Team Pingaro. Nevada way under the radar last season, but this kid can play. He only hit 250. But his slugging was over 400. He has a baseball player's swing, which is fixed now. A good arm moves well for a stocky guy and can lock down the outfield corner positions. Number four, Pat Thomas in the ninth round to Team Ferraris. Not so much a kudos for Cowboy Mike, but rather a board gift for this much-improved fielder who hit 485 with a 632 slugging. Highest batting average and slugging for any nine except for Papa Minocchio. Jacobs going late seven to Goddard. Drafted in the fifth round last year, this fluid fielding rookie was rated much higher on many people's draft boards. 
Number two, Elliot Kreppel, 11th round Steinberg draft spot, traded to Goldfarb and selected by Guy to fill his 10th. Elliot, a former A-rated outfielder in this league who remains in great shape. And when he come back, when he came back for a stint last year, batted over 400. And the number one steal, the Klashinsky combo, a former 1-3 combo, giving Lapine extreme value as a 3-4 with this pick. Then he gets one of the best arms in the league in Kevin and one of the most productive bats in the league in Mike. Honorable mention, JY 2.0. Jay Young picked at next to last in the fourth round, looked like a third rounder chosen that late, and despite his uh, tryout, looked extremely solid in the outfield, very comfortable at the plate. Also notable, Roland, Zaretsky, Pargament, Panacidi, all taken in the fifth round, all value picks at that number. Now for the reaches. Number five, Siaglia in the ninth round to Polzer. I understand that the need for a third baseman, but rather than wanting to fight Pingaro in the playoffs, Siaglia hasn't shown much with the bat. Comparable player to Nick Lombardi taken three rounds later. O'Connor in the 10th round. This round is usually used for a utility player, one that can fill in at almost any position if needed and hold hold it down to a certain extent. While Paul is a very good hitter, he is limited in the field to a catcher position. This pick could have been made at least one round, possibly two rounds later. Shefkin in the fourth round by Harris. Friend picks aside. This pick clogged up Bobby's ability to make other moves and likely could have been made in the sixth round. Padola in the top half of the fifth to Cowboy Mike. Many captains think that this pick is a reach and likely would have been there in the seventh. However, Many captains are wrong. Not only is Padola's bat much improved, but defensively, he's an outstanding outfielder. Now combine that with the favorable nine rating for Pat Thomas, and this reach may have something of value after all. And the number one reach, Jacoby in the sixth round to Pingaro. Show me an aging, injury-prone, slightly balding, underweight Jewish man, and I will show you Pingaro's sixth round selection. While the best parts of Jacoby's game are clearly his son's, He does bring veteran leadership, and his knowledge of players still puts him in a position to make plays. Honorable mention, Ortiz in round two to Pingaro. Many still think this is an overdraft. Circle back, though, after the season, and you will all say, quote, I was wrong about that one. Other notables, Levine, Feingold, Aronson, Levine. This combination of picks needs to show some magic for those draft positions to prove valuable. And that is this week's anonymous mailbag submission. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Marlboro Softball Talk. Uh, Once again, I hope you guys have a happy, healthy, safe Easter weekend. Enjoy yourselves at your practices. It's going to be cold tomorrow especially, so dress warm and get out there, get some work done, but don't hurt yourself. And then, of course, we look forward to the scheduled scrimmages next week on the 11th, and then, of course, opening day on the 18th. I'll talk to you next week. Mitch Pollock will join me for the first uh, power rankings of the season. The Pollock power rankings will be unveiled next week right here on the Marlboro Softball Talk podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. And I'll talk to you next time, everyone.